Hey y'all, I'm your host Shy, and welcome back to another episode on Good Vibes with Shy. It's Motivation Monday where we talk all about the ups and downs of life and jumpstarting our own healing process. If you like what you hear, be sure to tune in weekly, subscribe, and tell a friend. Hey guys, welcome back. Today on Good Vibes with Shy, we're going to be interviewing MJ and we're going to be talking about her spiritual journey and how that has affected her life. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. So hey, MJ, how are you? Hey, Shy. She? Shy. You got it. Shy. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it could be either or. It's because my real name is actually Deshaya. 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 Always, uh, you know, so I guess Shy should be S-H-Y, but my name is S-H-I-Y-A. So I just Mm -hmm. did the S-H-I. I love it. I love it. How are you? I'm good. So, tell me a little bit about yourself and your spiritual journey and how that's going. Oof. Well, I'm 26 years old. I'm from Miami, Florida. I moved to Chicago about five years ago. My spiritual journey starts off in a way that a lot of people um, take it for granted, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend about a year ago. And from that point on, that breakup, a lot of people like to blame the other person. Mm -hmm. You guys have to really think about how a breakup is a mirror to your face Mm -hmm. and it's not uh, the other person's fault completely. There's also, you know, some things that you might have done that could have um, made the relationship even worse instead of getting it better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I definitely agree with that because I can say myself, I've been in relationships that at first you want to try to put it all on the, on the other person. But then as you take time to kind of reflect and think about the things that are happening, you're like, okay, so even though he may have been wrong for this, I played a role in this, and things that have happened in my life play a role in why I act the way I act. So definitely, I feel like that accountability piece, as hard as it is, the accountability piece, it plays a big role. So do you feel like it was hard for you to accept the role that you played in the relationship? Did it take you some time, or did you like, look, I know what I did? Well, a little bit of both. Um, throughout the relationship, there were things that I felt like I was doing too much of. Um, I was, I had, you know, example, I had too much attitude. I, I would get angry. I, didn't, I wasn't enough patient. But at the same time, after we broke up and I gave it time to separate, because what you have to do, it, it is possible to be friends with your ex, but you got to have some time. Mm-hmm. And during that time, Little things started happening in my life. You know how they say karma, shit comes back to you. Yeah. Little things started happening in my life, and I was like, I was put in the same exact position that he was put in, and then I understood him, but I also understood my side. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those things where I'm just like, oh, that person's right, or oh, I was right. No, it's one of those feelings that doesn't feel good, but it also doesn't feel bad. It's a very, it's a very neutral. Mm-hmm. And you understand that nobody's at fault, but both of y'all are at fault. Yeah. It's a very good feeling, but it's a very neutral feeling. It's very peaceful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but once you start playing a role and they call you out on some of it, and at the time, it's like sometimes you're always on the defense. Like, no, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things I was talking to one of my friends that like, sometimes when we talk to people about their behaviors and how they affect us, they take it as a personal attack on their character versus you did this and this is how it made me feel. And so if you say like, oh, you did this and they're like, no, I didn't. I'm not this and I'm not that. I'm like, look, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I know you. I know your character. I know that you're a good person, but you admit that you said or did these things. Like we're agreeing that you did these and I'm just telling you how it made me feel. And just because it doesn't make you feel that exact same way doesn't mean, you know, I, I decide how I feel. And even though you may not have handled it that way or maybe it wouldn't have impacted you the way that it impacted me, 
it hurt me. And so how are we going to move from there? And I think that sometimes when you're that hurt person, you just need someone to not say, well, I didn't mean to, I wasn't trying to, or, you know what I mean? You need someone to say like, you know what? I did say that. And I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. That wasn't my intention. That accountability piece on both ends. There's a difference between accountability, like self accountability, when you admit that you fucked up and also the validation of feelings. The validate, I'm 26 years old. Okay. I'm almost fucking 30. I did not know how to validate. And I'm also divorced. I don't know if you knew that. Wow. But- divorce is 26. <laughs> crazy. It just gets crazier and crazier. I didn't know how to validate someone's feelings until my divorce. I didn't know that when someone tells me that they're upset because of something that I did, it's not an opportunity for me to justify myself. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for that person. And this is why relationships don't work out because when someone communicates how they, how someone else made them feel, they try to, um, I guess, explain. explain instead of being like, Oh, you are telling me how you feel. Let me take that and be like, Oh, you're being vulnerable. You're being communicative instead of getting defensive about the situation. Validating feelings is real, real easy. For example, I was late to this thing. I was late to it. I admit to it. <laughs> no, but it's fine. What, the way that I validate, and if, because one thing I hate is when people waste my time. Ooh, that should piss me off. <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna take a, in the way to validate your feelings about being late. It's like I sincerely apologize. There was a change in the time zone. I understand, but I'm here now. Boom, yeah. validating feelings. Yeah. Or when someone says you. Um, you hurt my feelings because you called me, uh, oh shit, somebody called me a mutt this morning. Because you called me a mutt. The mm-hmm. way to validate someone's feelings is be like, I'm so sorry that I made you feel that way. Yeah. There's a difference though. People take apology and validation very closely. Mm-hmm. You don't have to apologize when you validate someone's feelings. Yeah. You can still feel the same exact way. That motherfucker could have been like, yeah, I called you a mutt and he meant it. Yeah. But he still hurt my feelings. He doesn't have to be like, I apologize for it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, but I don't apologize for it. People get that thing yeah, mistaken. Yeah, and they real think real. that if they say, I'm sorry, because I had this balance, like, it sounds like you want me to take accountability. Yeah, that's exactly what I want you to do. It's not Sometimes the sorry. Sometimes people don't need an apology. They need uh, someone to understand it's that, they, the that they fucked because up. Because nine times out of ten, if this behavior has been happening over and over and over and over again, now I'm at a point where I'm like, did you really mean that sorry? Like, you said that, yeah. but you keep doing that. So now I'm starting to think you're doing it on purpose. And and uh, we have to be the sorry just to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. That I, I you don't have to apologize to me. It's just not it's not even about the apology at this point in our lives. It's about you acknowledging that you fucked up and then I can move on with my life. Sometimes you, that person will not apologize and you gotta move on regardless. But the best thing that you can do is be self-accountable and mm-hmm. say, I fucked up. I'm sorry. And then that person, you have redemption from there. You have you have the ability to fix it instead yeah. of just being like, no, I didn't fuck up, and then walk away. Mm-hmm. We're too grown for that. Do you think that there is a level or a point of walk away? Like, do you think, how many times do you think that you have to give a person, you know, believe people who people are the first time, but then sometimes mm-hmm. I know that I have RBF. I know, yeah. but and I know my personality, though. I'm yeah. very chill, laid back. If I don't know you, I'm the person, if you invite me to a social I'm the person that gets annoyed because everyone keeps asking me, am I okay? And it's like, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on in here. I'm fine. Leave me alone. Feel like first. <laughs> let, let me fill it out and then maybe I'll come out. But then if I know you or I'm comfortable, you make me feel comfortable, I have no problem talking. That's why I was like, podcast is more for me because necessarily I don't always have to have my face in it, but we can still have that open conversation. And so yeah. I think that being that type of person that I am, 
and understanding like sometimes how I handle things and how I look and the approach that I give off to people they don't understand or I may have mm-hmm. given them at they felt like something was attitude and it was like no I'm just explaining to myself or that's not how I feel so being accountable knowing my faults are where I play a role and it's like I want people to give me a chance even though people are like oh you look mean I'm like I mean I know I can be mean but I'm just not mean off the bat like if you do something to me, expect something, but I'm not going to, I don't bother people. I don't bother people. So I think being aware of who you are and the type of person that you are, because it took me to take a step back and be like, you're critical. But you know what? I was raised to be very critical of myself. And so I treated other, I treat other people how I treat myself. I didn't cut people slack because I don't cut myself slack. I was very critical of others because I was very critical of myself. It was like, I wanted things in it. And it took time because it's hard. I felt like I grew up always making sure things were supposed to be neat and perfect and proper. And then I learned that as I got older for myself, my OCD of wanting everything neat and perfect and needing to have it organized and scheduled and different things like that, it played a role in how I was raised and the things that happened. So it was like, this is my safe space being in control, but now I don't know how to let control, let go of control. And that's a hard thing for me. Yeah. I mean, it depends. So I have I have a couple of examples with two different people. For example, my mom. I, I love my mom, but I do not talk to my mom. I had to cut my mom off recently. And this happens a lot with parents. I feel that people, or with family in general, people just stay in these relationships because it's family. So Girl, when you talk I'm arguing with my mom right now about this. <laughs> I can't. So after, after that whole relationship, I learned self-accountability. And I was like, you know what? I fucked up too. And my mom is about 55 years old. And the last conversation that we had is that I looked at her dead in the eyes. And I was like, has nothing happened in your life that has made you realize that maybe you're the problem? Because that's what life is. And that's the problem with some parents is that they they think that they're not wrong. Or they don't want to take accountability for the person that they raised. But now I'm coming back and biting her in the ass because she's not self-accountable and I'm extra self-accountable. So my mom used to say, she's very religious, she used to say, whatever you don't want... God will give you a heaping cupful of it. Mm. Mom. <laughs> they will give you that and then more. I also think that a lot of people, especially in this generation, and I don't know if it has to do with the TikTok and the Instagram and all of that, they think, and this is why it's been so hard for even women my age. I've had this discussion with so many people. It's so hard to make friends because people are not self-accountable or I'm the type of I'm the type of person and I am that person that I see someone outside with an outfit I'm like oh and people think I'm hating mm-hmm. no that has more to do with you than it has to do with me yeah. I'm giving you a problem and making sure that you feel good there's nothing that's gonna make me yeah, I gain nothing from telling you you look good girl <laughs> exactly but now you have to set you know boundaries like I had to set with my mom and the the, the, the best way that I've learned to do this because I'm a cancer, I let everyone in and I give so much of myself to people without like, without even thinking about me. And then I get angry and I'm like, why do I feel so fucking drained? And then I, I explode. That's why people are like, oh, these cancers are so emotional. It's because we give so much mm-hmm. and then we don't realize that we are. Yeah. So what I want you to do is when I tell someone about my boundaries, for example, I'm a photographer and I have my shit in the house, right? When I tell the clients to come in, I'm like, if you need anything from the kitchen, especially the white clients, girl, if you need anything from the kitchen, let me know. People will walk into my kitchen, help themselves. No, don't make, I'm a person who says, don't make yourself comfortable at home. If you need Ah. something, let me know. I'll get it for you. If you haven't been over here and I don't let people come over, don't go on my stuff. 
I change my house every time someone leaves. Don't get it twisted. So, hey, you so gotta do what I you gotta do. Exactly. So when I set these boundaries and people want to take it personal, that's when I know that it's not, this is not the person for me. And at the same time, this has more to do with them because they feel the need to cross my boundaries. They think that, yeah, even though we're homies like that, at the end of the day, I'm setting these boundaries not for you, for my self-preservation. And if you don't respect mm-hmm. my self-preservational boundaries, then I don't need to be around you. There's been times where I've set boundaries with friends and they take it personal and I don't even reply because just off of that, I know that that person's not willing you to You don't respect me. me. Yeah. Girl. If there's no respect, we don't have nothing. We don't have love. We don't have friendship. Respect is always given, not earned. Disrespect is earned. Mm-hmm. Girl, you are preaching to the choir because honestly, the topic that we're talking about is why I wanted to start this podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> I know this might be listened to and some feelings might be hurt, but this is my truth. Um, I, I'm constantly battling right now with my parents because I'm 29. My mom is 49. And my dad is 51. So my mom okay. had me young and um, we're constantly battling because I keep, and we've had issues with other outside family members. And I'm like, just because we're related doesn't mean that you get to disrespect me. And I said, and I, and I guess this can be in other cultures, but I said in the black community, people feel like because they're older than you, you can say and do whatever you want to me. And I'm just supposed to take it just because you're older than me. But now I'm grown and you're not going to talk to me crazy. And I had to, I, bre- I had to break it down to my mom. I said, mom, if someone said these things to me that was a stranger, how would you feel? Would you think that would be disrespectful? Would you consider that disrespect? I said, you've told me out of my own mouth. I've heard you give to other people. If that person's doing that to you, they don't want to hang out with you. They don't want to make, if they don't make you feel like you want to, the, you know, if they make you feel like they don't want you there, if they make you feel unsafe, if they make you feel uncomfortable, that's not your friend and you shouldn't hang out with them. I said, so what happens when it's a family member? How does that not apply? Just because we're related doesn't mean that we have to have a relationship. And just because we're related does not mean I have to let you disrespect me. I, I shouldn't have to disrespect myself to respect you. And and it's hard There's because... There's a difference between blood relatives and family. You can yes. be blood relative all you want. That doesn't mean you're family. Family is people that love you, that make you, that provide the space for you to be the person mm-hmm. that you are yeah. freely without any fear of judgment or disrespect or any of that. That's family. Blood relatives are just people who are related to you because two people decided to fuck at the 1800s and bam, here we are. Yeah, you don't don't have a choice on that. And I think that the older generation, even though I'll say like I have a young mom, like my mom's hip, she's with, you know, she's with the times. I think that the older generation is like, your friends aren't your family. Your friends ain't going to be that. But I think that millennials and my age group we have made our friends more our family and it's hard for your family to respect that because mm-hmm. some I know that my parents would do whatever for me and I'm honest and I tell my parents like you know what I think that you did the best that you knew how and I think mm-hmm. that where parents mess up is that they're not willing to be like I don't know I did mm-hmm. not know what I was doing I still don't know what I'm doing because I'm like but I'm 29. By now, my mom had all her kids, you know, and I couldn't imagine having all that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I think that being able to say like, yeah, maybe that's how we did it, but that doesn't mean that's how we have to keep doing it. And so with the boundaries thing, I'm creating boundaries in an effort to continue my relationship with you, not to box you out. Because I'm the type of person, if you cross me, I'm quick to cut somebody off. I'm quick yep. to cut somebody off. So this is something that's like, you know what? When I started setting boundaries, it made me feel better. But then I was like, I felt like growing up, you get in trouble for being yourself. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And so I said, mm-hmm. I gave her four boundaries and I'm going to tell you the boundaries. And she told me that they were crazy. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to take a step back. Cause if you can't respect this, this, this relationship is going to have to, you know, and the boundaries I gave her is, um, I said, one of the things I said is I don't want, I'm not a morning person. Even if I have a significant other and they're laying in the bed next to me and they're trying to like, as soon as I open my eyes, if you start talking, I'm like, stop breathing my air. Like, do not talk to me. I don't want to talk in the morning. Let me collect my thoughts. I, I literally, I'm a psychopath and I take pleasure out of driving all the way to work, not talking from the time I wake up until I walk in the door. And I'm like, that's my piece. But you know what? My mom talks to her. My mom's the baby of eight. And she talks to her siblings and well, her sisters is four girls, four boys. She talks to her sisters and her mom every morning. And so I think she wants to build that relationship, but I'm not a morning person. And so we battle. And also I know that with us talking in the morning, it's a possibility that you can piss me off because I love you and I care about you that much. A lot of people don't have that power. A lot of people would just be like, oh, click. But with you, I love you and I respect you. So I let you take me there. But I worked as a school counselor. So I can't go in and have to deal with kids killing themselves. And we're arguing about something that I don't even care about. And so I had to tell her, you know, like, I can't do this. And I worked two jobs and I would leave one job. I would get off at four o'clock and have to be at the other job like 10, 15 minutes. And it was an eight minute drive. So I have no time to get from point A to point B. So then she started. Okay, so I said no calls in the morning. I don't. I'm not a morning person. And you don't want anything. You just want to chit chat. I don't want to do that. So that's my first boundary. The second boundary is please do not set an alarm to call me every day at four o'clock in the dot when I get off from work. I haven't even logged off my computer. I haven't even walked out the building. I have to go somewhere else. You have to get clocked out. Hold on. And I'm like, and and I said, mom, I text her. I said, mom, please don't set an alarm to call me in an effort to like explain. And she was like, and she was like, well, I just can't do it. And I'm like, I have. 2.5 seconds to get from point A to point B, and I have kids trying to kill themselves all day long. I don't want to talk about any nonsense right now, and I know, and I felt bad because I'm like, I know she's trying to make an effort and build a relationship, but at the same time, that that time doesn't work for me. So that was the second boundary she said was too far. Um, The third boundary that I said, my little brother, he's 18, he's a cancer like you, that's my little baby, but he does some stuff, and he, you know, some stuff that he's doing. Oh, he's a youngest. He, you know, he's done some stuff. So I understand where my mom comes from, but that's still my little baby. So, and but also living in that household gave me a different perspective. And so sometimes I try to explain things to her and she's taking it as an attack. And I'm like, no mom, like, let me tell you how this would make a person feel, but she can't receive that because she's so sucked into all of the bad things that he's done. So an example, she said, you know, he doesn't even apologize. I said, but He'll do something outrageous and then try to hug and kiss you the next day. But like my mom, I'm not touchy-feely. I don't want you to touch me. If you're not a significant other, don't touch me. She doesn't want to be touched. And I said, you know what, mom, did you ever think maybe that's his I'm sorry? And she was like, I didn't even think about that. And I'm like, we're not touchers, but he is. And maybe that's his I'm sorry. And he doesn't know how to say I'm sorry. A child. He's 18 years old. Yeah. My mom and I had a fucking argument, and she, I, I looked at her. I'm like, do you think about maybe the way that you raised me has effects? Because I was, I was, I'm the only girl out of six children, mm. and I'm the second youngest. Um, but out of my mom, with my mom, 
mom, she only had the three of us, and she had two brothers, two um, two boys, and then me. And I looked at her, I'm like, D- D- you don't think that maybe the way you raised me has to do with the way that I am and how rebellious I am? Especially being black and Hispanic at the same time, like, that is, and, oh, and I was raised Mormon, so that's repression on repression yeah. on repression. And she doesn't get it, and I was like, so I talked to her, I'm like, maybe you don't think that some of the shit that you did has to do with the way that I was raised? And she goes, you don't think about the shit that you did to me? And I'm like, I'm the I child. Was ch- <laughs> I'm the child. Parents need I to stop thinking that kids need to be grateful for what they've done. You chose to have me, and you wanted this bike all your life, and now that you gave me this bike that I never even wanted, I wanted a hoverboard, we'll and now you're you- pissed off because you worked so hard to give me this thing that I always wanted that I didn't even want, but now I'm in trouble because I'm not grateful for something I didn't even want in the first place. And that's crazy. There's a saying in Spanish that goes, um... Which means it just rhymes together. And she goes, you had a good time. Now you take the burden because you're the one that wanted to have this. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to have to take it. Take responsibility Mm -hmm. for having children. And that's why people like you and I, do you have any children? No, I don't have any kids. We, I, girl, I don't want no kids. No, what I, I want to do kids, is I'm like, I'm kids. glad I started healing first because I would have been a junior. You know, I would have been exactly. doing the same thing. And exactly. who I thought I was going to be, I thought 25, I'm going to have my kids, my family, yeah. all these things. But you know what? I'm so grateful because I grew up in a traditional household and that's how my mind worked. You know, you're supposed to get yeah. married, you're supposed to have kids, you know, that I go yeah. to college. And so that's what yeah. I was doing. You know, I was fulfilling my dream, you know, doing what I was supposed to do. And then... I was a person, I can be honest, I was a person who felt like, if you're married, why are you in the club? If you're a mom, mm-hmm. why do you have on a crop top? If you're this, mm-hmm. why do you do Because that's, not saying that that's what was put in me, but that was like, you know, that wasn't acceptable. That's not what I saw. Mm-hmm. My mom was mm-hmm. very much a wife and a mother, and that was what she did. My mom worked, but she took care of home. So that's what I saw. I thought being a wife and a mother means you stay home, you cook dinner every night, you do those things. But as I got older, I started meeting people that were older me and older than me and even my mom's age that had a girls' night every Wednesday that would go have drinks, that would go do those things. And I'm like, so wait, like, you have a husband and you can still have fun? Because I kind of felt like I had to lose myself in that, but I'm so glad that I didn't get all those things that I wanted so young because now I'm able to, like, understand. And, and like you were saying, you know, the reflection with the parents, um, the last boundary that I gave my mom, um, I was like, you know, I, I first, let me finish up with my brother. I was like, um, so can we just not talk about him? Like she was talking about him and I could tell it was not going to go good because I had a different opinion. So I said, you know what? Can we just not talk about him? She was pissed off. She was like, I can't say nothing. And I'm like, but I'm trying to not fight with you. And now you're mad at me for trying to not fight with you. And the last boundary I said, I don't want you to say anything negative. I can't say anything negative. And and that in myself, I'm like, you don't hear what you're saying. And I said, Mom, you know, sometimes when you talk to a person, because I was like her. I was like, if if I got in a car accident, I'm going to be like, how am I going to get to work? What is this? You know, that would be my first thought. And I would date people that would always be like, but you have car insurance. But you have a car. But we can make it work. You know, And but I was like, how am I going to get this fixed? I don't have, you know, that was always... How I went about things and it's draining to always have someone putting you down and then once I started trying to like heal myself from that and do that switch it's almost like it makes your skin crawl like you can't take it you can't take it it's too much I can't take it and then people think that you're being dramatic but it's like literally you're making my skin crawl so I said she's yeah. like well you don't take accountability I said all right 
tell me what I do wrong. Tell me what you think I need to work on. I said, we are a reflection of our parents. And often, whether we realize it or not, a lot of the things that we do, we do it because our parents do it. My organization and my on top of all my stuff, that's my mom to a T. You know, and and so my mom, people will always say, you act just like your mom. And it would almost hurt my feelings. And then recently yeah. when I talked to my mom, she was like, people say that we're alike, but we are not alike. We have characteristics that are the same as far as like neat, dependable, on top of things, you know, very organized. But who we are as people, she calls me the weirdo hippie freak. And she's very traditional. I'm is a good person and my mom tried the best and she wanted the best for us. But I think that often parents get disappointed because they have this dream for their kids of what the life is going to look like, especially having me at such a young age. She wanted so much more for me. She wanted better for me than she had for herself. But I think that better for you doesn't mean that that's better for me. Like, I think that when it comes to the relationship as a woman and with your mother, um, Something that people don't like to hear, and I'm gonna say it, is that moms get jealous of their girl, of their daughters. They are envious. They don't. They didn't have the life that they did. So uh, my wedding, my mom. I love my mom to death. I love her to death. But one thing that's always pissed me off about my mom is that my mom is racist. She's a black woman, and she's racist. And she taught me as a kid, and it's not. It hasn't been until the last couple of years that I'm, I'm like learning more about my culture and kind of embracing it more and looking at myself and embracing myself, my features. She always told me, you need to marry a white man with money. And that's exactly what I did. I married a white man with money at my wedding. She was sitting there. She only speaks Spanish, but she's sitting there mad as hell talking about like, I could tell that the attention wasn't on her and that's why she was pissed about it. And she's like, I don't have anyone to talk to here. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me go find someone. There were, my wedding was a three day wedding and there were 700 people. It was ridiculous. Ooh, ridiculous. I don't even like ridiculous. 700 people. <laughs> Girl, I don't even know 700 people. I found her someone that spoke Spanish and I sat her right next to her and she was just angry as hell because people weren't coming up to her and introducing themselves and she couldn't be like, oh yeah, I'm the bride's mom. mom. Mm -hmm. A lot of parents, a lot of moms, especially when it comes to their daughter, they're jealous of the youth and the growth and the opportunities that their daughter have instead of being grateful and happy for them. And that is a that is the sometimes saddest thing. Yes, but sometimes, well, not sometimes, majority of the time, I think it's unconscious. I don't mm -hmm. think that they look at their child and they're like, no. oh, who do you think you are? I think it's like inside. It's like my kid got it's to go off to college. My kid. my kid got to do this, and my kid. And also, I think you just being different. Because in your mind, like in my mind, I've already decided that my daughter is gonna be having these big old bows. I'm from the south, you know. I want her to have these big old bows. You're gonna be having on these little polka dot tights. You're gonna be having on these striped. I've already decided. But what if I get a dog that's like, I don't like bows. Am I going to be willing to accept that? Because in my mind, baby, you're wearing this bow. I already got the watermelon swimsuit, the sailor dress. I've already decided what I want for you. But then I'm like, what happens, for you. <laughs> what happens when it doesn't turn out how I wanted it to be? And so it's like so, it's so crazy to think about, you know, who you are as a person and understanding like when I broke it down, the simplest way that I could explain it. And this is how I explained it to my, uh, my real dad. I said, um, I feel like kids get in trouble for being themselves. They're not allowed to be themselves. And he's like, you're so right. You're so right. And it's like, because I think that parents feel like kids don't 
understand their own feelings. Like, I can tell you if I like Cheetos or not. So that can mean I can tell you if you hurt my feelings or not, you know? So I, it, it's that level of parents thinking like, oh, you're just a kid staying in a kid's place, but I'm a child with a mind and that you yeah. want this mind to grow and you want me to learn and develop. So in my development, allow me to be who I am. Whether it aligns, exactly. you, know, you can still have rules and boundaries, but allow me to be myself even if it doesn't align. You know, I was a person who wasn't allowed to wear a different color nail on every, you know, different color nail polish and dye my hair. And I was a person who was like, my kids aren't doing that. But then as I got older and I'm like, does it really matter? Like, I would rather my kid have pink hair in middle school than be 45. It's like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go hot pink, you know? And so I think just realizing letting people be themselves is so important and it will get people a lot further in life that they just accepted people for who they are. And if people accepted themselves for who they were. Exactly. But accepting yourself, you also have to accept all the trash that you come with, all the trauma that you come with. And in accepting yourself, you're accepting all of the darks and the goods. And then you work at the bad. It's called shadow work for a reason. You can't have light if you don't have shadow. You have to have both. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to accept yourself and, you know, accept that maybe I told my mom and she she was like asking me, she's like, what can I do to start a spiritual journey? Because after that conversation, I was like, I don't know what has happened in your life. That hasn't made you reflect, but maybe losing your daughter is going to be it. And I was walking away, and she's like, what can I do to, like, get a spiritual journey? I'm like, it's not. Honestly, I cannot give you a list of things to start at. It literally just happens. But I looked at her dead in the eyes, and I was like, start with your own mother. Work backwards. Work to realize why you are the way that you are. And in my mom's generation, she started having kids because that was a normal social standard thing to do. That doesn't mean she was ready. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people out here are having kids and they don't even want them. They're just doing it because they the people happy. Pressure. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Because of societal pressures. And so they don't they haven't had the time or the space uh, that allowed them to to be able to grow uh, and reason with them themselves. Also, they're growing as I mean, my mom had her first child at 20. You know what I mean? So they're growing with us. And I cannot even imagine. I'm 26 now, and she had all her kids by this age. And I'm just like, I have a dog. And I'm, me too, I'm just girl. Like, I have a dog. You know That's I mean? it. That's enough for me. And sometimes she's old, and she's she's very chill. Her name fits her. She's a diva. She's just chill. But That's I feel it. like even making plans for her if I want to go out of town is a task. So I can't imagine mm-hmm. being responsible for having to feed this child when I get home from work, and I don't even want to talk anymore. So that in yeah. itself is just, it's, it's crazy. And you're right, working backwards because, you know what, my mom is the baby of eight, but my grandmother was raped at 14 years old. And, you know, she doesn't have any family. We don't know anyone on my grandma's side of the family. And it's like, you have all these kids. She didn't have the greatest marriage. And so I think my mom took what she saw in that and was like, I'm going to be this strong. I'm not going to put up with this and I'm not going to put up with that. And she did that. So I said, you know, people, we take our, our life experiences and we try to do better. Like just, I said, just like how you handle your marriage, the things that you do. You saw one thing, you're like, uh-uh, I ain't putting up with that. I said, I'm allowed to see that in other things and relationships with people, regardless if it's romantic or not, or not. And that's something that's hard for them to swallow. But I think like, if we start working backwards and understand like, I do this, but who else does this? And I do this and who else does it? You know, like we make correlation between my sister and my grandma all the time. So if we can make that correlation, you know, how can we take this all the way through the family line and understand I do this because of this. I was hurt and I didn't even realize that this still affected me because a lot of times we're holding on to stuff that happened 15 years ago and we don't even realize that we're still holding on to that same crap until we're like, 
dang, like when I think about this, this happened so long ago. Why is it bothering me? But then mm-hmm. you realize like this, this, this life event has molded me into the person I am today. And this is how I handle the situation. This is why I handle situations the way I do because of this life event. Yeah. I think our parents tried their best to do with what they had. For, sure. for example, my mom, she, she, the, the first, my older brother is my half brother. And she met my father while she was pregnant. My father ended up, they, they had known each other for like three months. He ended up marrying her. My dad was, man, I don't know anything about my, about my father. He passed away when I was six months old, but mm. I remember the first time I told my mom that I lost my virginity, she went crazy. And she goes, the first time I ever had sex, I was 21 years old and I was already married to your father. And then the first time that we had sex, that's when I got pregnant. And then, you know, you're a kid, you don't really realize that shit. And I started doing the math and I was like, wait a minute, my brother's brother's birth is exactly a week away from my mom. Exactly seven days, right? And I'm, and my mom's birthday is in September. My parents' anniversary is in October, is in February of the following year of '87. So my really. brother was born in '87. <laughs> so I'm doing all this math, and I come up to her, and it was the day before my wedding. Like I had made the math years ago, and then I finally came up to her the day before my wedding, and I was like, "Do you remember when you did X, Y, and Z?" I remember when, my, when I lost my virginity, she went crazy. My mom, my mom was very physically abusive. She bro- she broke my ribs. She was horrible mm. about it. But in hindsight, I'm thinking. This woman did not want me to make the same mistake that she made. But she was, the, the way that she handed it, though, was they wrong. They want to protect but you from everything. Behind it, yeah, the intention behind it was pure. It was kind. And she did not want me to have the same hard life. She did not want me to be a teen mom just the same way that she was. She wanted me to go out and fulfill. So now at this point, we don't talk. But now at this point, I see her all over Facebook talking about me, boasting, super prideful. Because she's prideful of the person that... I turned out to be, but halfway through, I realized that, you know, maybe her upbringing wasn't right, but she did what she, she did the best that she could with what she had, and she wanted me to have a good life, but the approach was wrong, the intention was correct. And I think that's so powerful that now that we're at a place where we're able to be like, you know what, our parents, look, I'm 29, I don't know what I'm doing. And so mm-hmm. our parents were doing literally the best they can. And maybe, you know, we're more willing to say, you know, I messed up. I made a mistake. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer. I think maybe if more parents were willing to say, I don't know, maybe things would be a little bit better. But I think it's so great to hear, like, how you've learned for that. And you've done the things that you need to do in order to, like, move forward. And it's hard. Cutting family off, you yeah. know, it's it's hard. Not even necessarily personally. Like, it's hard personally. But it's hard for what everybody else has to say. Even though it has nothing to oh, do yeah. with them, you know, people feel some type of way. Like, you only have one mom. You all, you, you, I saw this TikTok and it's like, you only have one mom, you have to make it right. And then it, it switched over to like the mom from Precious. And then yeah. the mommy dearest mom, no more wire hangers. And it's like, but wait a minute. If she treats you yeah. like this, just cause she's my <laughs> only mom, I have to keep, and I, and I, I said, you know what? Just because we're related, it don't matter. And I, I said, I want you to know this. And I said this to my mom. And then I'm going to, you know, finish up. I said, you know what, mom? I'm raising my kids to think this way. So if you're not willing to accept and me allowing my kids to be themselves and me being a little bit more free and me doing things differently, I don't know how this is going to work. Because I said, I want you to understand that I'm teaching my kids that regardless, I said, whether it's mom, dad, brother, sister, teacher, grandma, aunt, uncle, no one is allowed to disrespect you. And I want mm-hmm. you to stand up for yourself. And I think it's going to be hard, especially because in the black family, it's like, uh-uh, don't talk back. You can't have an mm-hmm. opinion. You don't know what you think. What I say goes. And so I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a learning curve, but I think that my kids 
are going to be so much better for it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, grandparents change completely. I mean, my mom has five grandkids. And I remember going over her house and just seeing Eliana. She's the, the oldest one. She looks exactly like me. Just seeing Eliana acting a whole fool, talking back, doing this, doing And I'm like, you not going to pop her? Mm-hmm. Like, you pop her? Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? So they completely change. But yeah. the grandparent love is definitely different. Grandparent love is definitely different. Parents need to get back in line and realize that. I, I guess it's really hard to let go of your child. I mean, I don't have one, but it's really hard to yes. let go of your child. I think it's hard to accept when your child is an adult, especially, I think this is for me, because I'm not married and because I don't have kids, it's almost like you're not mm-hmm. grown because you don't have your own family. Mm-hmm. And so people don't mm-hmm. know how to handle it because... They don't validate your opinion for what it is. Because you're, Even you if don't you're have right. that family. You haven't met that milestone that, to them, that makes them grown or makes you an adult. But you know what? Yep. I'm, I'm so happy for the new generation and how people are willing to be like, no, that don't work for me. I'm not going to put up mm-hmm. with that. I, yeah, sorry, no. Because so many people mm-hmm. have been afraid to and allow people to disrespect them, whether it's family, friends, jobs, you know, whatever. People have been almost conditioned that, oh, if you want to have this, you have to let them do this. If you want to have this, you have to, you know, if you want to have a husband, then maybe you, he's going to do this. You know, at the job, then maybe they're going to, no. I get off at four o'clock, so this text message or this email will get read at eight thirty tomorrow. But you know, everybody yeah. doesn't operate. So having boundaries in all aspects of your life is just it's, it's, it's necessary. It's, it's necessary and it's hard, but it's something that definitely has to be done. But having parents that disrespect you, let me say this one thing before we move on. But having parents that disrespect you and you having to sit there and take it doesn't teach you respect for the parent. It teaches you to disrespect yourself mm-hmm. because this person's family. And that goes not only for family, it goes for friendships. It goes for romantic relationships. You're not only just giving yourself, you know, as a parent, more respect. You're teaching your child that because of your proximity, you're allowed to disrespect them. And that person that's in their general proximity is allowed to disrespect them because of the relationship. Mm-hmm. That relationship don't mean shit. You mm-hmm. do not disrespect me. I don't care if my president, Barack Obama, could walk right into the door and he calls me an ugly bitch. I'm going to kick him out. I'm going to kick him out. It's yeah. disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to respect yourself and that when you respect your children, you're teaching them to respect themselves. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Definitely. Respect for yourself. I don't think that people realize how important it is, but it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely so important. But, I do want to say, like, I have another interview that's coming up, so I have to get out of here, but I really appreciate you. I had so much fun talking to you. It's like, we just kept on going, going, going. Like, we said we're going to talk about spiritual journey, but we talked about moms. We talked about boundaries. We talked about disrespect. You know, it was just a little bit of everything in there. But before we go... Basically, family is your family, is your family, but you're allowed to um, alter that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So before we go, do you have any... Final things, any advice? You can shout yourself out if you would like to. Um, go ahead and do that now. I mean, I think the only advice that I have for people is if you, and I give this advice to everyone, if you, it doesn't matter who it is, if you set boundaries for someone and that person takes them ser- personally, that is a clear sign for you to run the other direction. I don't care who it is. You set your boundaries, it's for self-preservation. If that person takes it personally, that means that they feel entitled to disrespect you. Mm -hmm. So set your boundaries and stay firm. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. All right, no problem. 
Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at Good Vibe Shy for all podcast updates. Remember to love and be gentle to yourself and keep those good vibes flowing.